Hey there, and welcome to the One Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at one of our services. If you'd like to know more about life at One Church, visit us online at weareone.church or check us out on social media. Just want to welcome everybody from every location here today. So that's right. If you're in the room, can we have a special applause for the people of, uh, of Canesham, of Bristol, of Podsmead. And if you're online, and if we can get out to Zimbabwe, we'll get this message out to Zimbabwe as well. <laughs> Welcome to you all today. Uh, my name is Simon Jarvis. And uh, my responsibility is to oversee all the locations of one church. So it's a privilege to speak to you today, to speak to all of you today uh, in one session, which is fabulous. I thought I'd wear my special hat today. Hopefully it will make sense as we go along. Do you think it suits me? Okay then. (laughs) Thank thank you for the three people who said thank you. I've got three parts to my message today. Return, rebuild, and reset. Can you say this to the person next to you? Return, rebuild, reset. And if you're at home today, just shout it up the stairs and wake your kids up, all right? Ezra chapter 3 verse 1 says this. When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns... The people assembled together as one in Jerusalem. Then Joshua, the son of Josadak, and his fellow priests, and Zerubbabel, son of Sheatil, and his associates began to build the altar of the God of Israel to sacrifice burnt offerings on it in accordance with what is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Despite their fear of the peoples around them, They built the altar on its foundation and sacrificed burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both morning and evening sacrifices. In those three verses, we see the return of the people of Israel, the rebuilding of the altar, and the resetting of their lives. The the people of Israel were taken captive, and they were taken off to Babylon And while they're in Babylon, we have stories of Esther. If you know your Bible, you'll know about Esther and Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. These stories that you may have heard or may not have heard when you're in Sunday school all happened while they're in captivity. Now, they weren't supposed to be in captivity. Uh, uh, And all the time they were longing to get back to the place where they were meant to be. And we see in Ezra, it's the start of the returning of God's people from their place of captivity, returning back to their homeland. I, you know that feeling when you, you've had a, a long day and, you, and you're like, oh, I just want to get home, have a cup of tea or a glass of something. Ribena. Just put my feet up. And just, I just want to go home. You know that feeling? And that feeling is the essence of what comes through in the book of Ezra. Ezra is a a book of the Old Testament. I've just read from it. And he tells the story of people starting to come back. 
I've, um, have you ever seen the repair shop? Now, I, I, I find myself modelling myself on Jay Blade. I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of him, right? But, uh, and I said to some of the guys this morning, I said, um, what, what do you reckon? Do you reckon I look like Jay Blade from, uh, from a repair shop? And they went, nah, more like Peaky Blinders. But I'm sticking with it, I'm sticking with it. I've got the glasses, I've got the hat, I just haven't got the skills. I have no DIY skills whatsoever. But it is a simple format, it's a lovely little program. And I watched it the other day and I, I, I cried as I watched it. I really did. Like, you've got to watch it because it really is wonderful how people, like, they, they collect like old stuff that's been broken. Like, it could be a chair, a doll, a clock, a jewellery box. It doesn't matter. It still makes me cry. Like, as they come in, they go, oh, this was my granddad's, my, uh, my wife's, my, you know, something. It's usually something really old that's got this kind of connection to it. And then the master craftsman comes in. Jay Blade hovers around and looks in the camera and I say, hey, hey, like that. Uh, I think that's what I do. I, I can't do it, but I look in the camera and go, hey, hey, like this. And, uh, and the master craftsman takes hold of that broken item. And then they invite him back. And the whole story is how they fix what was broken. Restore it to almost new. And then the person comes back and then they reveal this fixed item. And that's the moment. That's the moment. And I I just want to say right at the start here. None of us have got it together. And we need to go back to the master craftsman. And we need to say to the master craftsman. I know what I'm supposed to be and I know what I'd love to be I just can't fix it myself (laughs) and for some of us this is the first time we've said it for some of us like we've been on this journey for a long time and we've got to realise like he fixes us and he restores us And hands us back and says, go and love the world I made in a restored way. And if, if, there's, only, if there's only one thing you get out of today, remember this. God wants to restore you to your purpose. It will cost you. You've got to allow him to do that work. But in doing so, something will happen to you. God wants that connection with you. Have you ever heard this voice? Perform a U-turn at the next junction. It's probably more like this. Perform a U-turn at the next junction. Well, nothing like that either. But, it, <laughs> but the words are, perform a U-turn at the next junction. It's an electronic voice that you hear on your sat-nav when you've missed your turn. Correct? 
And it just goes on and on and on. Sometimes I just go, no, I know better, I know better, I know better. And they just keep talking and talking. I'm like, you will reset, you will reset, you will reset. All right, I'll turn around and come back again. But this is the picture of returning. It's either another picture of returning. You have to do a U-turn in your life. You have to go, I've missed the mark. I've missed the point of turn. I've I've missed the turning. It's, It's simple, really. Uh, here's, what, here's a life lesson that I've learned. When you take a wrong turn, sometimes you don't realise until you get to the dead end. And you go, oh, it's a dead end. Um, uh, listen carefully, because I want to try and explain. Like, you realise you've made a mistake, and you start to return to get back on the road. But in doing so, you pass all the, all, all the shops and all the land sites on the way into problems. You've got to pass them again on the way out. And it feels like you're going the wrong way again. Because you go, oh, I recognise that. That's what got me into trouble in the first place. But you've got to understand, in order to get out, you've got to go past the things that you came in with. And you have to persevere until you get back on track again. You have to persevere. You see, the, the, the marks on the journey that got you into trouble aren't your goal. They're just memorials of mistakes you've made as you went down the road. See them as checkpoints on the way out. And you will get back onto the right track again and you can get moving again. Keep going, you need to get back on the right road. You see, the part of returning is facing up to things, facing up to the reason why you went off in the first place. You've got to face up to your fear, you've got to face up to your pride. You will probably have to apologise to someone. Not a very popular message, this. You... But there's something really powerful of apologising. Sorry the way I treated you. Sorry when I said that. I, I, I said something really silly just a few days ago. And inside I knew I'd said something silly. My pride said, oh, it doesn't really matter. But if I'm going to listen to that voice of God in me, I have to listen to the small things so that I can return back to where God has made me whole. So I just went up to this person. I said, I'm really sorry for saying that. I've got no excuse. I shouldn't have said that. They went, oh, that's not a problem. And I thought, maybe I should. No, God knows you. You have to listen to that inner voice, that inner conscience that God has placed inside you, that Holy Spirit voice that is training you and helping you get back to the fullness of the purpose he has made for you. Do you get this? We've become, in this season that we've been in, we've picked up new habits on top of our old habits. We've picked up new attitudes that have expanded on our old attitudes. And those attitudes weren't good in the first place, were they? We've become captive to Netflix, social media, and diverse opinions. Just, can you just watch out for algorithms? What, when you watch social media, social media is watching you. When you click on something, 
It will go, oh, you like that? And it will take you to different places of what they think you need to think. And in the end, you're thinking what they want you to think. And you think, oh, I am right, because everybody thinks this. And that's why we're in a crazy mess. Because we're not listening to the right people around us to sharpen our voices and sharpen our thinking. And so new attitudes are formed in society today. And we've got to learn to return back to the pureness of listening to what God has created for us and the values he's built around us. It doesn't surprise me that Brexit is a big fight. Anti-vax, race and gender issues, wokeness. I've never known such an intense, diverse time. But if you look at the Bible, it's not that they just came back. They came back as one. They were united. God loves unity. So my simple message is this. Return to the maker. And recognise you're broken. Recognise your thinking's out of whack. And say, here I am. Can you fix me, please? The first thing they did upon their return is they rebuilt the altar. They didn't rebuild the house. They didn't rebuild... They they came and said, the first thing we have to do is to rebuild the altar of the Lord. In other words, they were making a statement that God is central in their lives. So they came back knowing this was their intention, but you've got it's gonna cost to do this. It's not just a a decision, it's not just oh I, I think this is the best way to live. You have to literally build, physically build, metaphorically build, emotionally build, spiritually build build something and build an altar first. To put God first in your life is the message that they learned. When we come back, I'm going to build around God being central in my life. Why did they rebuild the altar first? What was so important about the altar? What is the purpose of the altar? The Israelites prioritised the altar because it's, the, it's only through sacrifice and offerings that they can come into a relationship with God. The altar is where we lay our sacrifice. We give our offerings and we celebrate his presence. Altars are a memorial of the places where God meets us. Altars represent the occasion and place where we have had a personal encounter with God. We may not always be able to make a physical altar, but there can be one established in our hearts. So, for example, when we have communion, this isn't just a little bit of wafer and a little bit of ribena. We're actually building an altar to remember the greatest sacrifice that ever was performed where Jesus died for us. It's an altar. That communion service, never rush through it. Take time and effort to build that. Altars appear through the Bible. 
um, for many different forms. There's a place of encounter. There's an altar that Jacob built in Genesis 28 when the Lord met Jacob in a crisis and the next day he said, I know I've met with God. So he built an altar to remind himself I've encountered with God. It's a place of forgiveness in the tabernacle. Sacrifice was offered as an advanced testimony that there would be a once for all sacrifice of God's son. A place of worship. A place of covenant. And a place of intercession. All these are moments where I meet with God. God has a place of altering for us. I'm trying to be a bit clever here. All right. There's a place of altering and a price of altering. One is spelt with an A, the other one's spelt with an E. You see, when you come to the altar, which is a place, there's a cost because you, if you truly come to the altar, he will alter you. But you have to come humbly because it costs. There's a price involved. God intends that something be altered in us when we come to the altars. To receive the promise means we make way for the transformation. In Romans chapter 12 it says, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. It's a pleasing act of, to God. Um, I was away with some friends the other day and we jumped into a big hot tub. I can't, this seems to be my life at the moment. <laughs> and, uh, and as we jumped in, my friend said to me, ah, oh, you've left your watch on. I said, oh, it's all right, it's waterproof. And then my other friend, oh, no. I, because his watch wasn't waterproof. <laughs> and, he was, and he suddenly took it off and threw it out. And when I was thinking about today, how many times do we jump in with God and we go, oh, actually, there's some things that aren't really prepared for your impact. So I'm going to jump in with you, but I actually, you can have all of me except this because it hasn't been prepared for the moment. So how, how could you apply that? I jump in with God, but uh, I want to keep my relationship. I, I jump in with God, but uh, my finances, my time, my, my resources, my, there's, there's something that I haven't quite prepared. I haven't paid the price. And I know if I jump in, the, the cost will be too much. See, when you come to the altar, it will cost you something. And when it costs you, you have to trust that the work that God does in you on the altar is worth the price and the change to take you forward. This isn't an easy message, is it?
Come to Jesus and feel nice. Come to church and feel gooey. Come to the altar and be altered. To live a life of fulfilment in the design that God has made for you. I can't get around this. So we have return, we have rebuild, lastly, reset. We have a chance to rethink. Every now and again, we have a chance to reset. Not just chain tinker with something, literally make a fresh start of something. Have you ever tried turning it off and back on again? <laughs> Is something that's a common message that we give to each other when we're not really sure why our iPads, our laptops, our computers, our toasters uh, aren't working. What are we doing? We are resetting. Yeah. Uh, and what you're doing is returning back to the manufacturer's settings to re reboot. There's a beautiful story of the prodigal son who is coming back home. And in Luke chapter 15, there's some wonderful verses. If you see this in verse 21, it says, he returns home and he says to Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called, worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. The boy wasn't even washed. Like, he stunk of pig manure. He's, he'd been living with pigs. Like, if you're a Jewish person, not, it's not just the smell, smell that offends you. Yeah? You've you haven't, just, you haven't just been hanging out with Gentiles. You've been hanging out with pigs. And he knows he's failed. He knows that. He knows he's dropped out of what society says is acceptable. And he's, his head is hung. And he's just hoping that he can just live in the garden at least. Can I just put a tent up in your garden? Because that's all I deserve. And in that society, that was true. But the father said, in your dirt, in your stench, put the best robe on him. Put a ring on his finger. Put sandals on his feet. He said, because my son was lost, but now he's returned. Like, can you get this picture? You, it's not about your perfection that makes some kind of standard that, you, that God says, ah, oh, yeah, you, you're good enough now. You're quite middle class now. You can come into my heaven. Like, it's not that at all. We all come broken. And he, you see, this isn't a story about culture. 
This is a story about identity, of the restoration of identity. You see, he says, you are my son, you are my daughter. When you, can, when you come to me, I will restore you, I will restore your identity. When everyone looks at you, the first thing they'll notice is not that you smell of pig, they'll notice from now on, you look like my son. You can have a shower in a minute, but right now, right now, you are my son. You are a son, not a slave. You are a daughter, not a domestic. There's a whole load of things I need to sort out, but... Oh yeah, there's a reason why they keep turning up at the repair shop. Most of them say this. Most of them, when they, if you watch the program, I've tried to fix this, <laughs> but I can't. Most people have made an attempt, and actually, when you look at it, you can see they've. It's it's a mess. They really have made a mess of it. But they recognise they need to return this item to the master craftsman. And so my message is this. Let's come back to Jesus. Let's return to him today. Whatever state you're in, return to him today. Return to the master craftsman. Allow him to restore you. Build an altar. That's going to cost us. Build an altar in your worship. Build an altar in covenant. Build an altar that says, God, I know I've met with you and I want to meet with you here. And I'm going to bring a sacrifice that says... Can you fix me? Because I want to worship you and give my love to you today. And in the repair shop, you see there's a restoration that goes on. And it's not really about pounds and pence, is it? It's about lovingly restoring that item. And lastly, they return. They go back and they pick up this item. What we don't see is what happens when they walk out of the shed. They've got this restored item. And that's where we are today. After this message, some of you will feel moved. Some of you will feel touched. Some of you will feel, yeah, I need to do something. And then we'll walk out the door. But it's up to you whether you reset. It's up to you whether you say, I'm going to take what God's given me and allow God to use me for his purposes. I'm just going to say to everyone who's listening into a location at the moment, I'm just going to pass you back to your hosts. But, uh, 
for those of us in the room here and if you're online could you just stay with me a moment because I'm going to give you the opportunity now to return rebuild and reset so if you could pray with me please God I feel there's a just a gentle warmth of the Holy Spirit in this place there's a gentle prompting just sense that your spirit is just ministering to us past these walls into front rooms around the country and you're saying return return to me allow me to restore as you rebuild an altar in your heart again allow me to bring back that truth of the identity of who you are and allow us to get to a point to reset and move forward Heavenly Father, I pray you'll just minister to us all now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So Chris is going to lead us in this song, Come to the Altar. And when you're ready to respond, would you stand and say, God, I'm returning. So... You can rebuild and reset me so that I can serve your purposes in my life every single day. Thank you. before we finish is just to give um, give us an opportunity to respond so I love that story of the prodigal son returning to the father and his admission that he tried to build a life for himself he'd gone to try and build a life um, full of everything that he thought he could possibly need to build this kind of life that he he wanted and desired to live and came back with the admission that he couldn't build it and he couldn't fix it he couldn't fix his mistakes he couldn't fix his life that was so broken and messed up and yet the father's arms were wide open and um, there may be people in the room today and watching online and your admission is God I can't I can't build it I've tried to build my own life I've tried to be happy I've tried to um, build something that's consistent I've tried to build purpose I've tried to build a future that I want and God I can't build it and you might be here and say God I just can't fix it <laughs> it's so broken at the moment my life is so broken God I can't fix it and what we want to do is just give you a, a opportunity to respond and all we ask is just to pop your hand up and why we do that is because it marks a moment something physical just marks this moment like we've talked about it's a little bit of a cost that marks a moment for us and says Jesus I want to know you and I want to know the life that you have for me so I'm returning to you 
So if we could just bow our heads or close our eyes in the room. And for whether you are online or in the room today, and your admission is, God, I can't, I can't fix it. I can't build it. And Jesus, I want to know you. And I want to know the life that you have for me. All I'm going to ask is just on three to pop your hand up and then I'll be able to pray. Ready? One, two, three. Amazing. I can see you in the room. You can pop your hands back down at home as well. If you've made that decision, that's amazing. Let me just pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. God, I thank you so much that as soon as we make that confession that we need you, as soon as we make that confession that we can't do this by ourselves, that we can't fix it, God, we can't build it by ourselves, you come running towards us with arms wide open and you are full of forgiveness, you are full of love, you are full of grace, you are full of purpose and hope. And I pray that as people have made that decision today, God, that they would be connected with your forgiveness, they would be connected with life in all its fullness in the name of Jesus. Can we just put our hands together for people that have made that decision today? So good. And um, online, if you if you made that decision today, then chat to somebody about it. And if you haven't got somebody that you can talk to about it, put it in the comments today and in the room as well. Speak to somebody about that today. Um, we're going to say goodbye to people watching online now. It's been so good to do church with you and we will see you soon. Goodbye.